Hi, I'm Joy. And I'm Janelle. And we are your hosts of the Melanin and Miles podcast. We are just two Black girls in our 20s who have traveled to over 25 countries and five continents. And we want to share our travel experiences and advice with you. Like when I went cliff jumping in Jamaica, or when I booked a flight for only $6, and even when I lived with a host family who didn't speak any English in Spain for four months. Or when I went skydiving in D.C., swam with elephants in Thailand, and won over $200 at a casino in Puerto Rico. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. Before we get into the episode, make sure you get your hands on our free Budget Babe travel guide to learn the top 10 ways you can be saving hundreds or even thousands of dollars on your next travel adventure. Get the guide straight to your inbox at melaninandmiles.com slash free. This segment of our podcast is called The Check-In, where we both update you guys on where we've been traveling and life updates in 60 seconds or less before we get into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Melanin and Miles. This week it's Janelle here interviewing another guest that we found on, or actually they found us and contacted us through email. Their names are Deb and Jonah, and it's a mother and son team that co-wrote the series Jonah's Global Footprints with the books The Search for Elephants in Thailand and Finding My Amigo in Cuba with more to come. The duo launched these books to share Jonah's experiences through travel and to encourage other children to seek their own adventures. So welcome, Deb, and welcome, Jonah. Thank Hi, you. welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Jonah. Yeah, so, thank you for having us. We're excited <laughs> to be here. Um, thank Hi, you, Janelle. Thank you. No problem. I'm excited to have you guys here. I told them before we started recording, but Jonah is our youngest interviewee, if you guys have been keeping up with the podcast. So I'm really excited to go through with this episode. <laughs> But my first question is more for you, Deb, and I just want you to tell us a bit about um, yourself and like where you guys are from and how your background has really tied in with travel. Oh, thank you. That's a good question, actually. I don't think anyone has asked me that before. Um, So I am originally born in Eritrea, which is in Northeast Africa, uh, close to Ethiopia and Sudan and uh, the Horn of Africa, basically, Um, but grew up in Minnesota and then moved to DC and was there for uh, like 11 years. And then just recently moved to Miami after COVID, um, but we'll be moving back now since the office is opening back up. So we're gonna go back to DC, but at least we were able to ride COVID here. Um, but that was kind of like part of my adventure cause I wanted to get out of DC. So um, yeah, so, and Jonah and I, I, we, I do love to travel. We used to travel with my mom a lot and she was a world traveler. And um, I also had a lot of childhood memories of that. And I tried, um, you know, I always felt like as a mom, you can't travel anymore. So I remember just trying to do everything I can possibly can before I had a kid. And then, um, when we went to our first trip, which was, um, John, I was 18 months old and it was just amazing. And he enjoyed it. And so did I, 
Um, and the only reason I took that time off was because I was just exhausted from really like from all the responsibilities from work and you know I was in grad school as well and then being a mom um wife so it was just too much going on so we I and I just said okay we're gonna go to uh, Dominican Republic and after that it kind of stuck because it was one it was doable and two I realized that like it was good for both of us and the exposure that he was getting was also amazing uh, and then after that we went to Dubai and then we went to Eritrea um, and then just the travel trend continued. And from that, everybody used to ask me, how do you do it? How do you do it? So then I said, um, we need to start writing about this because it's not, you know, I'm a, I have a full-time career job that uh, I do. And then I have, you know, and then open my entrepreneurship now, like my business um, and then, you know, being an author as well. So it's juggling and then, you know, obviously being a mom too. Um, so I wanted us to write a book to share our stories about the different places that we travel to and tell it from like a kid's perspective, because what kids pick up when you're traveling and what adults pick up is completely different. So that was the reason we started writing our books. And that's how like Jonah's Global Footprints was born. Um, he, Jonah has been to 10 countries since, um, you know, since he's how he's eight now. So he's been to 11 countries and you know thanks to COVID we were not able to travel last year but the plan is to continue that traveling traveling trend and also to continue writing books about all these different parts of the world um the journal global footprints um book series is uh the first book was called the search for elephants in thailand and then the second one is finding my amigo in cuba and both of them obviously the first one is based in Thailand and then the second one is based in Cuba so we um you know we were able to just get such good and positive feedback both they're both bestsellers and we you know worked hard on that and um but we just love writing and sharing our stories and telling other kids and families that they should be traveling and seeing the world too and um we give tips in the back on how to travel with kids we give tips in the back about other things that we also enjoy uh, doing when we go to those countries, to the country, to that specific country that we travel to. Um, so um, that's how the, the being an author and publisher was uh, born basically. Um, so I juggle that with uh, my, my full-time job. So it's juggling a lot of different things for sure. <laughs> now that's really awesome. And it's really cool how um, you were able to incorporate your kid into sharing the story of travel and all of that I feel like like you said it's hard like <laughs> it's tiring to be a mom and do all of those things at once but you were still able to kind of like tie it all together and make it I guess one thing rather than like eight million things <laughs> right exactly yeah exactly um, we, yeah, it's been amazing, to be honest. It's been such an experience, too, because it's just been such a great, you know, opportunity for Jonah to even, you know, he helps me. He's the co-CEO of our company, and he's the co-author of our books. You know, it's also teaching him, you know, just responsibility. And he wrote his own book because he was so inspired by writing the books that we write. Um, he wrote his own book. Jonah, what's your book called? My book is called Basketball or Soccer. Oh, and what's that about? It's about me trying to choose which sport I like to play best. 
so I, I go, hmm, I like this about soccer, but I also like this about basketball. And it goes back and forth, back and forth until the end. And at the end, you have to get the book and read it. Because I <laughs> yeah, can't I was tell say, don't you. spoil it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing, Jonah. I'm excited to check it out. And I'll link, are, are all of your books available like on Amazon or what, yeah. like a website? They're all on Amazon. Okay, well, I'll link the- As well Amazon. as our website. And also oh, okay. our website. <laughs> <laughs> well I'll link the Amazon link and your personal website in the show notes so you guys can easily find them and yeah so I guess are you guys big on social media too do you have like yeah a- yeah so our um our company name is tiny global footprints and so the uh, on social media on on um we are tiny global footprints on uh both Facebook and Instagram and also LinkedIn and Twitter as well. Uh, but mainly on Instagram, we're very active uh, with all the travels. Like we just got back from Colombia. So, um, you know, we were just very active on it and telling stories about, you know, what we experienced and also, you know, how it is to travel there with kids and stuff like that. So we do that. We are very active on our Instagram, um, Tiny Global Footprints. And then on our website, like I said, there's all our information is there. And what our website is tinyglobalfootprints.com. All right. Yeah. So like I said before, I'll link all of that in the show notes. And I'll also add your Instagram in there too, since that's um, what you seem to be the most active in. Perfect. Thank you. That'd be great. And then my next question is actually for Jonah. I want to hear what was your favorite place you've ever been? What's your favorite country? Well, my top three are Cuba. It's because we 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 went horseback riding, and we also went to the beach. And uh, and my second favorite is Thailand because Thailand because we got to see elephants, and we also got to feed them. We also we got to see tigers and mommy got to pet them, but I didn't because they thought, I w- because they said that the tigers would think I'm a toy and they would eat me. So, oh no. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, because I was so small. But, and my, fa- my third favorite one is Eritrea. I like Eritrea because there's a lot of family there and I love the food there, and I just love everything about it. Oh, well, that is beautiful. I'll definitely have to check out all these places. I've been to Cuba and Thailand, but I have not been to your mom's home country at all. So I guess, Deb, what would you say is like the number one thing every tourist must do when they go there? Yeah, I would say um, we try to go back every two years, but it's it's hard um, because it's so far so it just to get there takes time like takes like a day and some change so flying basically so we um when we but what i would advise is for people to travel to eritrea i think some of the amazing things that happen are um you know we have the red sea um so it's um and so going to misawa which is the again like the red sea which is a um beach front area beautiful and everything is you know organic and you know authentic so which I think 
everyone would experience and love. Um, they call it, actually I was watching something like was a documentary recently about calling the capital city uh, Asmera as little, uh, it looks like little Rome. And that's what it looks, the Italians built it. So it looks like you're in Rome, basically the architecture and everything and the roads and how uh, the cathedral looks and everything else. So spending time in Asmara and exploring it would be another thing. Um, and then I would say tourists should definitely also spend time with, you know, people that are from Eritrea, just the native people, cause they are, you know, peaceful and really um, catering. So it's just like really good to, you know, just have that authentic experience with um, people there. Um, and then going to Karen would be another one. There's a lot of like camels and a lot of, it's like, it's a, it's a smaller city or it's a smaller town um, from, from the capital, but it's a really cool place to explore for sure. So um, that would be another place that I would definitely say to go to too. Karen is a beautiful, beautiful uh, town, like a must visit. Hot, very humid and hot, but yeah, Jonah loved it. You did, right? Yeah, I love it. You oh, that's and really I got cute. to even ride on a camel. Ooh, that sounds and fun. <laughs> that sounds fun. I um definitely need to check it out and try all these things you just suggested. Yeah, and we can give you tips for sure. More tips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the food is good. If you like spicy food. Okay. I'm yeah spicy food so <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know if you've had ethiopian food but mm -hmm. it's similar it's similar it's okay. so eritrean ethiopian food is very very it's like it's yeah it's kind of like the same actually um so um just there are some there are some parts that are different but majority of it is the same okay good to know yeah yeah <laughs> you will love so, it <laughs> so i guess um the, the biggest like misconception about like traveling with your family is that it gets really expensive and I'm sure it really does but yeah people do it all the time so what tips would you um, give for saving money when you're planning travel with family and kids um I would say traveling with family is expensive however if you plan it ahead it's not like you can definitely do it in a budget looking for flights early on, looking for, you know, hotels and or Airbnbs, um, you know, finding hotels that have breakfast included, um, having also, um, you know, a, having also uh, flights that are just not that expensive, like you might have a delay here and a delay or a, a layover here and a layover there, but it's not it's not, um, I think we make it more hard because I think there is maybe like fear uh, for families to travel. I think that's the thing that prevents a lot of people from traveling because at the end of the day, what you spend at a Costco or at a Target or, you know, at Starbucks in a month, you can definitely do a, a nice travel to South America, maybe going all the way to Africa might be hard, but you can definitely go to Mexico or, you know, go somewhere else that's, you know, close by to a different country and just explore it. We um, were supposed to go to meet friends in Florida here uh, just a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, a week ago. And then those, the friends end up canceling. So I started looking for tickets. I'm like, where is the cheapest place to go? I just literally went and um, I was, you know, Googling and searching to see what, where, where we can go. And then I found 
and I found um, a ticket for us um, to go to Colombia. And I was like, oh, what part of Colombia should we go to? And then I started doing some research and looking to see like where to is the best place, where it's safe, where it's, you know, good price and everything. And I found a lot of blogs. I found a lot of um, articles on it. And, you know, we were able to just go to Cartagena, um, Colombia for five days. Yeah, we went there for five days and it was amazing. We had the most amazing time. And again, this was not planned. So I just went on Skyscanner. That's where I usually go to look for flights. Um, I went to Skyscanner and just looked for flights. And then the cheapest one I got, you know, so the, the cheapest one I found, I got that one. And then I went to Hotwire and then I booked our uh, hotel that way. Our hotel, we stayed at a four-star, a five-star hotel, actually, um, Intercontinental. And we paid only $300 for the five days, um, which is, you know, amazing. <laughs> so, um, and again, our flights were also cheap. So just, just being... I don't know, just navigate it. There's a lot of tools, there are a lot of resources, there's a lot of apps, there's a lot of information and a lot of different countries you wanna to go to. It's about just getting over that fear and getting off saying, oh, this is gonna be so expensive. I don't know if I can do it. What if this happens? What if the kids get sick? What if we get lost or something scary happens? What if safety? It's just like all these things that come to our heads as parents usually or family, even solo travelers, you know, it's a scary thing when you are you know, traveling on your own to a, a country that you don't even know the language to. But it's just, you get over that fear and then it's easy. Um, so I feel like there is way more than I could even explain resources for people to find the cheapest way out. <laughs> but they have to be willing to find it. They have to be willing to do it. They have to be willing to take that time off if they need to and just go explore. Um, and at the end of it, it's worth it. That's the beauty of it. It's worth it and it's, you know, an amazing experience that the whole family will experience. And if it's just the kids, especially for the kids. John and I have been stuck in a country, in Cuba, actually, we got stuck in a country where we didn't know um, the language, right? So we were um, supposed to meet our friends in Cuba we made arrangements. However, when we got to the Airbnb or the address I had, they were not there. And, you know, here, if that happens, you just call them. Well, there, I can't call them because I don't have any Wi-Fi and I couldn't email or text. And they told me that uh, back then when we went into Cuba, that you only can go to that hot spot area to get Wi-Fi. Even the hotels didn't have Wi-Fi. So we we're really struggling because to speak the language and I'm here stranded in a country I don't know Jonah was three I think two and a half or three three and um it was a scary moment I'm not gonna lie to you and so though those are the things that I know people are fearful of but the thing is we were able to navigate ourselves out of it and it's teach the kids like how to solve problems how to overcome them and just adjust and go with the flow as well so we decided um, we couldn't find our friends in the Airbnb. We couldn't find them anywhere. I tried to also email them by going to a hotspot area and nothing. And I couldn't call, obviously. So then we said, okay, you know what? We're not going to waste the day in Cuba. So let's just go 
get a room. So I just got like, they said, oh, there's this lady who sells her room or rents her room. We got the room. And to be honest with you, I was like a little scared because I'm like, oh, I don't even know, you know, what could happen to me and my son here and stuff like that. But we needed a place to rest and leave our stuff. We did that and we said, okay, let's just go eat, have some food and then um, get some rest tonight. And then tomorrow we'll email them and we'll just start looking for our friends because obviously we're going to have to try to find them. They, you know, if they were in a hotel, it would be easier to find, but they were in an Airbnb. So, you know, the height, um, I'm sorry, I was going to say Colombia. Um, and Havana is really big. So I had no idea what part of town they were at. That address didn't match nowhere in that area. They said, this is not here. They looked the people that live there also try to help me. It was just not there. So for me, it was really, you know, trying to figure out how to get out of that situation. Uh, we ended up, like I said, we're going to that room uh, that we rented. Uh, we got, you know, took shower and then we we're like, let's go eat. And then as we were leaving to go eat, I saw my friend just randomly one of them who was just um, at the street and I just screamed her name because I was just so thrilled and happy to see her. It just felt like, you know, like, I don't know, she saw God for the first time because I was so frightened to just be in this foreign country without, you know, any, any friends or anyone that we know and you are so far away from we're not I mean Cuba's not that far but still it felt far uh, from anyone that you know so it was like just a scary scary moment like I said um, but I was so excited to see her I just screamed and hugged her and I was like oh my god you don't know what we went through and um, she's like oh she's like we've been trying to get a hold of you but we, she's like I was on my way to the to the hot spot coffee part area so that we, so I could text you or email you um, um, and then the others were waiting in the Airbnb just in case you came. So we split up so we can try to find you. And I was like, oh my God, this is a miracle. I'm just happy we found you. And, you know, we found them. We had a great time the rest of the trip. Um, so it's like things that are unplanned happen all the time that happened to us. We got stranded in Dubai with Jonah when we were coming back from Eritrea, um, in 2019 and our flight was supposed to leave that night we thought but then we ended up staying overnight we had to get a hotel yes of course it's Dubai and it's beautiful so we were happy to do that <laughs> so and um, my cousin also moved there recently so I was able to, we were able to connect with him and just we just went with the flow literally and Jonah adjusted and went with the flow as well and we went a little shopping we went and walked around met my a cousin and we had dinner at the uh, close to that um what is that abru khalifa the big the long uh, the the long the tallest building yeah i know yeah. what you're talking about i don't know the name of it though <laughs> something khalifa and yeah. so we had dinner like right next to it and uh so we're like in a this rooftop place and it was my birthday so john i was playing the drums with the people that were like singing me a birthday song with and it was just like this, it became this thing where we did not expect to do this you know but we ended up having like the most fantastic time and memorable as well and for both of us right and so these are memories that Jonah will live by and and me too so um and I will continue to cherish this um traveling that we do and you know hope that it will continue the path that it is and you know, explore the rest of the world um, together, but it's been amazing. And just getting over that fear, I think is the number one step, really the tip <laughs> to, to traveling and taking that, um, you know, that flight abroad and not just, you know, to Canada or Mexico, but 
further away, um, exploring Asia and Africa, just away and just exploring the globe. I think that's the beauty of it. Yeah, no, that's all really good advice. And I hope um, any like mothers or families listening, this really inspires you to just go out and book that trip. This is probably like maybe our second or third interview with kind of like that family dynamic for travel. So it's definitely possible. I know like the podcast is kind of like more geared towards the younger generations, but like if anyone else is listening, make sure y'all take advantage because it's definitely possible for y'all. Right, right. And it's not like even it's like um, like I think it also makes it you know easier because I don't know like when you are a young mom like traveling it's like fun but all like my like aunts and like my other older cousins that have kids they are so fearful of it they're like you're leaving again oh my god it's expensive and you have a and then you have to do this again like to them it just sounds like just such a hard work (laughs) you know to travel and to do this and it's just like no like why is it it's not shouldn't be that hard um so I think that's the part that gets me is like people make it so much harder than it is you know so yeah that's the part that we're trying to get over basically and just yeah. tell everyone about it by telling our story and sharing our books as well definitely yeah. so um we're wrapping up a little bit but i'll have one more question before i get to my final question and sure. you've been talking about your trip to colombia and it was fairly recent like it was still during the pandemic so I just want to know like how how was that traveling out of the country with um all the COVID rules changing or um maybe not changing where you were yeah I haven't left the country since COVID hit so (laughs) yeah it's funny because that was our first uh, that was our first trip um abroad after COVID um, I mean since COVID too and I thought because I got vaccinated I didn't need to um have you know, a test, like a COVID test. So I thought it would just be Jonah that would need to take the COVID test. But we both had to take COVID tests to go there. And then when, and so you have to fill in the a form as well and then show it at the airport that you have a negative test. So we took a test like two days before and then we had to show it. And then also like show it to them again when we got to Colombia too, to get to the, to get into the country. Um, and then to come back, we had to do the same thing. Um, when we were there, people were wearing masks here and there, but not that many really. Um, and I think, I don't know, it just was so hot, but the, but a lot of places in Colombia in Cartagena were forced, like enforcing masks. Like we were going to this, um, big castle in Cartagena and it just, it was so hot. It was like 90 degrees and humid. And, um, and they were like, you must wear a mask. You can't get in without a mask. And everyone was wearing a mask. So in following the protocols, of course, once we got in, people took it out because it was just so hot, you can't even breathe. But um, so it was like, so it, I think it varies from country to country, but I think t- um, taking a COVID test two days prior to traveling is really important still. And so you can't travel without that. Um, and then one and that that you need to take it also to come back to get into the country. I also thought because, you know, I am vaccinated, I should be okay to come back without a test. But no, we both had to do it. And, and to, to take it somewhere else, you, we both had to pay 
um, I ha sorry, I had to pay for both of us um, to take it in Colombia before we came back basically. So um, the COVID test is basically the only one that's, you know, a little bit of a thing that you have to deal with. Other than that, it wasn't that bad. I've been flying domestically a lot. Um, so obviously wearing the mask, I double mask always, hand sanitize everything, like, and then also like wipe down everything in the plane. And then especially being with a kid, you know, I make sure that, um, you know, that the seat and all around the seat is all clean uh, with our wipes. And then, um, you know, and then we both wear double masks as well. Um, and we did that, you know, in Colombia the whole time too. But once we were there, we were not really using masks every single day to, to get into places. And because like I said, the heat, we're just in a different level. Um, but we had our masks with us every day. So, you know, it's just so the social distancing, eh, it's not really there really. <laughs> it's like, um, but they do require you to take the test prior to going there and prior to coming back to the U.S. basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that, I guess that's um, pretty interesting. I was wondering, did they, I guess, like have like, like businesses closed or like tourist options closed because of COVID or was everything open you like know, normal? It's funny because I think we got there when things have opened up because they said, oh, this just opened in March. Oh, this just opened in April. So everything we tried to do, it was open. But but people did tell us that there were, they were closed. So we did like the mud volcano, like you go on top of the mud and then you, you know, basically float in the mud. And so that was, I think, um, really highly regulated. It was not when we were there. Uh, on how many people can be in it and stuff like that. Um, again, like I said, we went to the museums and we went to visit like um, where the big like um, flag, the Colombian flag is. And then there's always like a, a, a big uh, line there too, but it wasn't that bad. And then we went to La Popa, which is another area where you could see the, right, the whole city from that it was beautiful. And again, they asked us to wear our masks, but nothing was closed. So um, I think we went at the right time. Well, and also in Colombia, you know, there is the protest going on. So, um, and we couldn't, some of the areas that we were thinking of going, like Bogota, which is like the capital, there, there was protests going on and not safe, basically. That's why we didn't go there. We went to Cartagena. Um, but all over Colombia, what they have right now is, um, a, a, what is it called? Curfew at 10 so 10 o'clock everything closes and it's it's due to the uh, protest basically um the protest has been going on i guess for a few weeks um and even here in miami they are protesting the colombians are protesting right now uh, for political reasons so they are just um so which is why the um curfew exists um but i think that's going to get lifted soon hopefully once things ease up yeah um yeah that's interesting is that's another important thing to always look at is just to kind of like see what's going on in the country like what history what politics type thing, political type things are happening um, yeah yeah a lot of people were like emailing me and also like sending me messages on instagram like dms and they're like oh my god like how is it over there i hear all these things going on and they are um the and that it's not safe and that kid they're kidnapping um, U.S. Um, 
you yeah, I like people who hold US passports and Americans. I'm like, that's not true. That is not true. So I, I don't know where you're getting that information from. So um, people hear a lot of different negative things too. Actually, this person, the one person told me that they canceled their flight and all their trip to um, Colombia because of it, because of the protest and because of like what they were hearing. But where we went, we had such an amazing time and they were following us on Instagram and just said, oh, I guess, you know, it's not that bad after all, you know? Yeah, I feel like the news really hypes a lot of things up and yeah, like it's really not that bad in person, but the, the news likes to make it seem like it's that bad. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm just glad that we were able to, you know, go and have a good time and it didn't, like COVID didn't mess it up. So yeah, um, yeah, it was just a, like, a, and it was a last minute plan, like I said, and I've been wanting to go somewhere the last, you know, few months now. So I was happy we were able to get away, even though it was just a short trip. It was, I'm happy we were able to get away. No, that's really cool. And I really enjoyed a lot of the stories both you and Jonah have shared with us today. I'm going to go ahead and jump into our last question. We ask it in every interview and it's open to you or Jonah or the both of you, if you would like to both answer. But why do you think it's important for Black people to travel? So I think it's important for Black people to, I think, to travel um, around the well i think it's important to travel period right for anybody but i think black people to travel because i feel like it's not really like it's becoming a trend now um i've realized in the recent years but i but you know if you really look into it like people never went to africa before people never went to really asia before like it's becoming a trend now like the last i don't know five, six, seven, 10 years, maybe, um, that people are starting to do it more and more and more. But it's important to also know your heritage, like going to Africa is important, um, you know, to see where um, just the, con it's a continent. So you can choose what countries you want to go to from there. But knowing it and knowing the countries uh, or the continents is very important. Um, it's also important to visit um, you know, other parts of the world because they need, like, we need the, like, being exposed to that culture of how the rest of the world le lives and is, I think, gives you a different perspective of, like, life. Um, so I think it's important for I, Black people to go, like I said, to Africa, but also to all the different parts of the world because the perspective that you get once you travel, once you try all that food, when you, once you try the culture and once you, you know, expose yourself and you, you know, try to expose your family as well, the rest of your family about it. It's just, you have, you come back, you know, just, I don't know, it's like a, I feel like it's like a renovation of how you're thinking is your whole mindset changes. And I think that's the beauty of it. It just broad, it makes you, you know, broadens your thinking and the way you want to, you know, contribute also to the world in a way. Um, your career and stuff like that really comes into play. Like, huh, what am I doing? Like, it just gives you a complete different perspective. And I think traveling is extremely important um, for that reason, because it's like uh, there's nothing that would ignite, like, your thinking and your brain and the way that travel does. Um, we all went to school. We all have done, you know, our courses, but there is nothing like traveling and learning from 
people from the like from just learning from um education through travel should be like an internal and like an like a very important part of everybody's life and i think um especially like our people like black people and need to know how important and critical it is to learn that and just to be exposed to that so um and and i think they will you know and i think that it's the what you get back from it is just life you know it's like a a lifetime memories and lifetime education really um and traveling abroad especially is just traveling domestically is okay i think but traveling abroad is what i really like push for because my you know our company tiny global footprints really our logo i mean what we stand for is our purpose is really to to help make travel an essential part of childhood even as working parents and it has to be essential for the parents as well um because it's just that critical really um you know we're all we all get caught up in our day-to-day with work with school with family with this with that but like once you you know, kind of disconnect yourself and then you go and travel. It's just like, there's nothing more amazing than that. And dealing, um, it's just, life can be taxing and emotionally and mentally just draining. So I think getting away and traveling abroad and getting the most important quality time with your family, with your friends, um, and then learning at the same time, educating yourself about the rest of the world. And coming back and having that perspective of how do I help this? How how do I contribute to the world? You know, how do I contribute to Africa really? Um, and how do I contribute to you know to show this to my family as well? Um, is I think important. Um, I think that's my way of answering it in a very long way. I think <laughs> I wasn't ready for that question, but that's what I would say. Um, it's just an important you know it's an important aspect of life traveling and um during especially when we're all caught up in our chaos like with with you know i know with COVID things have come down but with you know work you're always running and you're always doing this with you know so this is a part to just pause and take care of you and take care of you know yourself and your knowledge and you're educating yourself by traveling you know and you're coming back and how you can self-reflect and ask yourself how where do I belong? How can I make a difference? Where do, how can I help? What the part of the world you went to? Or um, again, I keep emphasizing Africa. Africa needs black people to help more. Um, Africa has a lot of um, white people helping and other Europeans helping, obviously, and other, other cultures helping, but um, you don't see a lot of Africans, Af- African-Americans or just African or black people just helping Africa as we, sh- we all should. Um, and I hope that that would be something that we could we would be able to see. I've been noticing how a lot of African Americans have been traveling um, to Africa the last I don't know the last five years. It has increased so much. I mean, I was born in Africa, so I I've never seen these many African Americans be interested in going to Africa, which is amazing. But that needs to increase to where we have to also help after we get back what are the ways that we could help this continent because it belongs to us and how do we get it you know off its ground you know from and take it out of 
almost the third world country. So that's the part that's um, hard and people are in, not in good conditions living in, the living conditions are not really easy over there. So um, helping, um, I hope that when people come back, they're also thinking, how do I help that country that I, I visited and what can I do to make, even if it's small, to make a difference there. Because, um, you know, we all need each other in order to make it. So that would be my tip. I will uh, let, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say thank you for sharing because like we ask this question in every interview and everyone has their own twist on it. And no one's really prepared for that question. And they're like, oh, that was like way too deep <laughs> for me to answer right now. But everyone always gives a great response. So thanks for sharing. But you can yeah. let Jonah say what he wants to say too. Yeah, so Jonah, Jonah will answer the question now. Why do, you, why, why do you think it's important? Or I'll let Janelle to ask you the question. So Jonah, why do you think it's important for Black people to travel? Um, I think all people around the world should be able to travel no matter what. If they're white, if they're black, whatever color they are, it shouldn't matter. They should be, they should be able to go everywhere, anywhere they want to go around the world. And also black people should travel more like, and like us. And that would be amazing. And our travels are even more amazing. So I inspire them to do to, to start traveling more and eat the food, learn the language and enjoy the country and also enjoy the culture and learn the culture of, of the countries around the world. But thank you both, Donut. Uh, I'm combining your names, Donut <laughs> and Jonah, for yeah, doing no this problem. interview. Um, I was really happy to um, learn more about your childhood stories, learn about Cuba, Colombia, um, everywhere else that you mentioned. I can't even. <laughs> I can't even repeat it all right now. But um, um, once this episode comes out, I will let you guys know probably by DM or email. Okay. Like a, maybe like a couple of days before. Perfect. Um, yes. Yeah. I was just going to actually um, look you. I don't know if we're connected on 